following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. I remember once there was a young woman that I worked with who, she got a flat tire, she's like, Brian, can you help me? I was like, sure. And I changed her tire, and she was really appreciative. She was like, oh, I got to take you out to lunch. She's like, honestly, I want to see if you survived the drive home first before I start asking you for food. <laughs> I'm sure as hell not driving behind you. Yeah, because what are these five leftover nuts that were attached somehow? I don't know. Welcome to Flash Gordon Minute, presenting your hosts from Minute of Darkness and the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast, Brad, and introducing your intrepid explorer of Planet Mongo, Eric. It is minute 63 of Flash Gordon. Eric, how are you this fine evening? Oh, Brad, I'm in the midst of a supremely Bacchanalian extravaganza. Nothing could be better. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying not to laugh because we haven't been introduced yet. (laughs) You already put it out there, so it's out there. (laughs) Yes, you hear someone laughing. You hear two people laughing. We have two guests today. We have... Molly Balin from the Cabin Minute cast. Woo! There's Yay! Your offic- now you officially can speak during the <laughs> And for all you people who interact with us on Twitter, here's the person you've been inter- interacting with the entire time, Sharf Harden. That's right, it's me, the ghost in the machine. <laughs> Basically, everyone who's been thinking they've had a relationship online with me and or Eric, Jarf's uh, been catfishing you this entire time. <laughs> And it's been wonderful. (laughs) I feel like some of the people that interact with our account on Twitter feel like they're actually interacting with Flash Gordon. And I don't (laughs) want to break up that kayfabe. I just let it out there. (laughs) Oh, God. So we have an amazing minute. Molly's so fortunate because you get some, you got Voltan at his Voltaniest. Oh, yes. Goosen and everything. It's golden. Eric, we're not going to we're not going to delay the uh, the entertainment here. So let, walk us through what happens at minute sixty three. Well, we are going to delay the Voltanness for just a little second here because the first second of this minute is Clytus with one of his catchphrases with pleasure. I was waiting for you to give us that line rating. I love that that is the very first second of this minute. Yes. We love Clytus. Uh, we, we, we get a nice just second of it. This is this is pretty much the only Clytus we get this week, but damn, it's it's enough. Mm-hmm. You get that great that great Clytus voice. Um, uh, just so awesome. Uh, Molly, what, what are your thoughts on Clytus? I love Clytus. He's one of my favorites. And I, should, can we do spoilers for later in the movie, or are we keeping that all inside? Oh, we, we, we assume everyone listening has seen the whole movie. Okay. Well, I mean, I actually was really bummed that he dies. Like, I was really kind of rooting for him and hoping he would make it to the end, which I know is really insane and ridiculous in context. But I was really like, oh, really? That's it? You're done? We didn't, we didn't, no big, you know, thing at the end. I really love Clytus. Clytus is one of my favorites, actually. And I have a good love for for Prince Voltan, but I, I almost would say that Clytus is a little bit, edges him out a little bit in my mind. So... I'm glad to get a little like flash a golden skeletor here. Just even a little <laughs> smidge is, is good. So, well, you know, you could always 
hope for the rise of Clytus prequel to Flash Gordon, and then oh you get a little God. bit more. <laughs> well, you, you bring up a really good point where, you know, Clytus doesn't make it to the end. He's basically the, 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 the mini boss before the big boss. Uh, but he could have survived this movie. He could have been cowering or escaping or offering his services to Voltan or whatever. He's, because while he's definitely a bad guy, he isn't so completely irredeemable that you have to kill him. Um, Mm -hmm. You see those movies where the bad guy or the henchman does some really bad stuff. Uh, I just watched Logan again. And the Donald Pierce character, he killed a woman. It was obviously torture at first. He shot a kid. He had to die. Yeah. But he, he was definitely arrogant, but he also showed like a little bit of a sense of honor. And most of the really bad stuff he did, he was honestly, he was doing to other bad guys. You know, the, I don't think there would have been like a real outrage if he would have survived to the end. You don't feel the need is like, oh, he has to have his comeuppance. It's like, as long as... Ming's the one who's the real bad guy, and Clytus is sort of the toady, uh, but he does it so well and so cool that I, I, I could have seen him making it. I feel like he kind of deserves his own little island planet, honestly, in Mongo. I feel like he was really a competent manager in a lot of ways. And I just kind of <laughs> feel like... I feel like it's kind of a bummer he gets taken out. I mean, I was really like, you know... I mean, the dress is kind of crazy. I mean, it's blingy. So, you know, I mean, I love bling. So bless you, sir. But, you know, I just, I don't, you know, other than the the weird sexual predilections, you know, he's not a bad guy. You know, he's just, he's doing his job pretty well, actually. I've seen a lot worse management in my time, in my jobs than Clytus. <laughs> yeah. And, and you, sort of, you sort of alluded to that everyone else are getting their own, like, floating moon planet or whatever the hell they are because they... That all doesn't make sense. All he gets is he's going to get to marry Aura after a year on the ice planet when she's probably going to lose her fingers and nose to frostbite. It's like, eh, mm-hmm. he deserves a little better than that. He, he, right, he, he at least deserves some sort of, like, if not a floating island, maybe a floating peninsula or something. Something. God, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because Aura's going to be pretty wrecked after a year. So he really does deserve better than that. I mean, that's really just... Uh... I must you know? say that I, I really worry about all three of you. <laughs> You're clearly too easily swayed by flashy gold masks and bling. <laughs> oh, what? He was the first lieutenant of a dictator? Yeah, but look, look, cool, pretty cool gold mask. <laughs> Give him a happy His voice ending. is so awesome, though. He's got the greatest voice. <laughs> That's saying, true. I'm not saying a happy ending, but, you know, I, I, I don't feel... He has to die partway through the second act of the movie. And he's not a micromanager. Like, there's a point where they wake him up. Like, he's taking a nap, right? Because he's like, you guys are super competent. I totally trust you to take care of business. You woke me up. You gave me an update. I'm going to go back to sleep now. Let me know when we're there. Thank you so much. Like, he's really got excellent... (laughs) He's got good boundaries and good management skills. Sadly, if I were to compare him to the managers I've had, he'd be comfortably in the middle of the pack. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i'm so curious now about what your experiences are <laughs> uh, all right all right so 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 we get a just a whisper of Clytus, cool tagline and then and then eric we're, we're flying 
Yeah, I, this is an awesome shot of the three Hawkmen flying with Dale and Zarkov. I love the long shot. And then we zoom in, and what a juxtaposition. Zarkov is having the absolute time of his life, and Dale is going to hurl. <laughs> I have this note. Uh, my note is, Dale looks like she has something in her teeth. <laughs> she definitely should have been wearing one of those full face mask uh, uh, motorcycle helmets because she got there's something in her eye or her teeth. She was just spitting something out before the camera because, uh, yeah, Zarkov looks thrilled, and Dale is, she is not getting the most out of this experience. <laughs> Maybe she's just cold. I mean, she's not really wearing a whole lot. That's true. That's true. She is, uh, it's a bit chilly. It's a very sheer outfit that she's wearing. <laughs> Zarkov, he's, uh, he, he's still wearing his Agent Zarkov outfit. So, uh, yeah, he, he's, and, and, uh, what, what's the term? Her suit? I believe Zarkov is pretty her suit. He's got, like, a nice layer of, um, body hair to keep him warm, too. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. He, 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 she just might be uncomfortable. This, I do feel like we've sort of regressed poor Dale a little bit because she was a pretty badass when we last saw her and she seems uh, it, it, I think it would have made sense for the arc if the character if she was like uh, a little more into it but yeah it's all right it's all right mm-hmm. it might be a little chilly but things are still gonna get pretty crazy mm-hmm yes speaking of crazy how about those that psychedelic sky in the background mm-hmm. great sky love it have you talked at all about how they achieve that effect of the, the, the swirling clouds and colors? Yeah, I, I feel like this came up uh, quite a while ago with the shooting the ink and the, and the smoke and everything. And, it, and the, it was a whole big problem that took them a while to figure out. Yeah, they went through a couple of different versions. They had originally looked at, at doing a painting and they commissioned a big painting and never used it. I think you did talk about that. But I did, as I was researching it, I found this fun article that I'll share in the Flash Gordon Minute Listener's Vortex about all the other genre movies that have used this cloud tank shot where mm. they inject the paint into the water and then do speed it up footage. And especially the one that I thought mirrored this was Star Trek The Wrath of Khan. Mm. Oh, with right? Nebula. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, so it's it's not just the like ink dropping into the tank, but then they use lights and gels to get them all different colors, and and so I thought that would be a cool thing to do some compare and contrast for those mm-hmm. of us that like to kind of look at special effects, which is I think one of the cool things about this format. It really makes you zoom in and look at a scene and think about oh, how did they do that when i watched flash gordon as a kid it was just like oh that sky looks really cool what's mm-hmm. happening next oh awesome hawkman so added value mm-hmm. it's um very cool just the backgrounds and this was an era where the backgrounds took a lot you know it there was so much less room for error and so much more artistry. And I know to the people who've seen the Justice League movie, the in, in the big final showdown towards the end of the movie, uh, they're in this very I want to say very reddish tint to all the background where they're you know fighting all the the, the, the monsters. And it was pointed out that during the preview, the uh, the trailers for it, it was a bluish background. And basically. The, the art direction team decided, ah, it looks better. It would look better with blue than red, 
I mean, or look better with red than blue, so they just changed it and because you can do stuff in post-production. And because of that, I think, because there's less of an investment, I think it really um, can, can rob movies of the artistry. If you're not worried about if it's going to work, there's just something missing from the final result. So, but this all leads to, there. we get to see Voltan, and boy, uh, Eric, how, how do we describe Voltan? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 incredible as, as I was going through this minute that, you know, we're more than an hour into this movie, and Voltan has, be- this is, you know, he was in just the one scene much earlier, and it's incredible that such a memorable and popular character does not play a role in this movie till past the halfway point and and Mm -hmm. it's just it's an incredible testament to just how great brian blessed played this character and i know in interviews he said that this is the film in his career that he's had the most enjoyment making and i mean he's just he's completely over the top he's he's all in and the thing is if anyone has seen interviews with him and and there's a lot of stuff on youtube that you can see with him doing panels and interviews he's almost just playing himself you know he just he he is voltan and voltan is him which just made me think of uh uh, mr t on the a team where he wasn't really acting as ba he just was being himself you know Mm. And, and that can be successful if you have the kind of personality that brian blessed or mr t have uh and so it's just incredible that you know we're so deep into this movie and now finally he's here and you know he's he's the guy larger than life yeah is yeah. an understatement yeah but i was wondering eric if you could kind of set the scene for us because oh, yeah, not sure. only is yeah. this the first or we haven't seen voltan in a while this is the first that we see of voltan's digs and kind of how, how <laughs> this guy yeah fits. so i mean that you i mean we've been talking about the colors the colors in this movie a lot and i'm oh boy the colors are coming alive here in voltan city so i mean there's food and there's people feeding him food and there's there's half-dressed men and there's half-dressed women and everyone's partying and, uh, you know, Voltan's playing around with the women. And I might add, I never noticed until doing this minute by minute, Voltan's daughter is sitting right there at the table as all of these women fawn over him and feed him. So very interesting family values there in Hawkman. Mm. Which one's uh, Voltan's daughter? Uh, the We saw her at the begin- earlier in the movie. She's the, the girl with, in the red. You see she's on the left side of the screen for like a second or two. Uh, when when the when he's sitting at the table there. Uh, although in fairness, I think that any woman in the scene who's uh, 21 years or younger, there's a 30 <laughs> percent chance that she's also Voltan's daughter. You really <laughs> need to do some DNA testing. <laughs> yeah, you get that impression. <laughs> if I was Voltan, I would only date older women because that's the only. <laughs> And you got the men. It's inter- I noticed something else about the color. The men are all dressed in browns and blacks, and their wings are kind of are dark colors, browns and golds. And then the women hawk people, they're in red and gold clothing, and their wings are red and gold. So the hawk people match. They color coordinate their outfits with their <laughs> wing color. No, well, that's nice. Yeah, I guess you don't want that to clash. Yeah, you got to pull it all together. <laughs> So there's just food and music and revelry and you know it's 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 ancient Greece basically. Often when they have scenes like this, where there's the you know the one leader who is being fawned over, being fed grapes, he's having a great time. The, the center of attention is having a great time, and maybe one or two of the women who are entertaining are having a great time, but everyone else looks miserable. <laughs> but but not this scene. 
everyone looks like they're in a great mood. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the other Hawkmen, they're smiling, they're laughing along. I mean, everyone seems to be having fun. The, I think the party follows Voltan, and, you know, it, it's... I, I think everyone realizes, like, hey, if Voltan's around, we're all going to get... We're, we're all going to get a belly full of food. We're all going to get some booze. There's a good chance that there will be loving left over for the rest of us. So... Uh, <laughs> It's very different from uh, the last movie that I did a minute by minute for, uh, Minute of Darkness, where they had a similar scene to this where uh, Ash, uh, Bruce Campbell's Ash, at one point, he's you know being fed grapes and the, the, the wenches are taking care of his needs and he's having a great time. Everyone else looks miserable mm. because you know, this, uh, they realize that Ash is there to like hog all the fun and steal their thunder. That, that's not Voltan. Voltan, he's he, he he takes care of his posse. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's the difference between ceremony and party, right? Mm. This this is a, a revelry. It's I and I guess that's what they were going for, right? They were trying to sell this. He he is a man of appetites, and and they're mm. having this bacchanal. And, and when you think about the fact that they are living under Ming's rule, it seems strange that they're having this big party. And I guess it's just Voltan, he's using his position and he's carving out this little bit of wealth for himself and his close circle of friends and they're going to live it up while the rest of the subjects suffer. Mm. Yeah, and I'm wondering if this is even... A, a, you know, quote unquote party per se, or if just this is how they live. Is this, this is just, just a Tuesday night yeah, in Sky City? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's nothing. There's nothing. There, this is. They're not actually celebrating. This is just, you know, this is their life. Yeah. It actually ties back to a theory that was sort of uh, addressed during Voltan's last showing, where he had stolen a Baron's um, something from Baron. Baron was making accusations. And it, it sort of almost makes sense, and something we addressed before is like, I, I, somebody called out that you got the feeling that Voltan was just partying too hard, and then <laughs> forgot until the last minute. Is like, oh crap, we got to get Ming a present. Let's steal it from someone else. I have a feeling that Voltan's always partying and liquored up, and you know, doesn't have all his uh, blood on his head because of his other activities. <laughs> it's eventually going to catch up with him. He's really sort of dancing on the razor's edge because one of these days he's just he's just going to forget that there's a ceremony for Ming. He's going to wake up very late. It's going to be uh, it's going to be sort of similar to the the scene in a uh, Stripes where you know they overslept the big uh, presentation and you know they run to catch up. So I, I just have a feeling it's going to be like the next morning. He's like, hey. Well, then what time is it? It's like it's twelve oh five Ming Mean Time. It's like when we're supposed to be there. It's like two days ago. yeah i get kind of this like king leonidas vibe with like otter from animal house kind of mixed (laughs) in together with voltan you know because like that beard have you guys talked about the beard the beard is so epic you know like you have to be you have to have a certain energy i think to pull off that kind of a beard you know and like and honestly he's wearing little leather shorts (laughs) <laughs> and I don't even care. I, I mean, I'm not even. I'm not even judging. I'm like, sure, you. You're totally wearing little leather shorts. I. I think that's totally fine. It's totally okay. 
somebody else could not carry that. That is just a testament to Brian Blessed's just general energy that he can do that, and it's totally acceptable to me. I'm like, go forth, sir. Another thing that is sort of um, just surprised me because you know we, we we he sees Dale and Zarkov, and he's he's uh, just staring at looking at Dale lecherously and very excited that he's there, and I just couldn't believe it. Dale appeared to be taller than him. Hmm. He's not a tall guy. And I actually looked it up, and he's his. If you Google search, he's listed as being five nine, which nobody's gonna pay to see you at the circus or anything when you're that tall. <laughs> hey, that's taller than me. Exactly. You know, you, you're not making extra money at freak shows, right, Eric? Well, I am, but not because of my height. Oh. <laughs> So, are you just going to let the otter from Animal House thing just slide right by? I don't think you should. <laughs> Here, here's the thing. Uh, Jarf and I have known each other a long, long time. Uh, we went to college together. Jarf and I did um, a radio show uh, back at Lockhaven University at WLHU. Toxic Radio. Toxic Radio. Woo. The show was the Jarf Kateer show with Otter because uh, my uh, I got stuck with the. DJ name Otter because the guys who uh, ran the station said it's like what's your radio name? I was like I don't have one. It's like you're Otter because you look like Otter. And I was like I don't oh, have no. any response to that. <laughs> and it's because they felt I bore a little bit of a resemblance to uh, the actor who played Otter in Animal House. Mm-hmm. God, what was his name? Uh, that Tim Matheson. Yeah, yeah. Tim Matheson. Yep. It's like eh, okay. And you know, then I looked at Tim Mathis and it's like we we were sort of both like slim but not skinny guys with a head full of dark hair. Both of us have long since given up on having dark hair. Because grays happen. Yeah, and I guess we we can also both have sort of a weaselly continence to ourselves. So it's like, all right, I'll take it. <laughs> Telling that you suddenly called out Otter. I was like, yeah, okay. no, no. <laughs> you must think- have sensed it. Yeah, she must have known. Uh, what is funny, and Jarf and I have talked this in the past, the problem is when you get a nickname, especially one that is a cute animal, that means uh, brace yourselves because for the next forever, every uh, anniversary, birthday, Christmas, whatever, you're getting otter stuff. Oh, like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's good. I, I needed more otter knickknacks because <laughs> I'm a knickknack guy, apparently. Yeah, man. Happy belated otter day. By the way. <laughs> <sighs> Anywho, so uh, so Eric, so there's rampant to... corruption in Sky City. They're all yeah, and they're living high on the hog. Eric, you talked about the feast. It, did anyone take a close look at those platters? Because my last note is. What is that? Well, I know I can I, I know one of them because I found something online. One of those items in there, and I'd have to look at the at the screenshot again, is Twinkies with food dye. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> nice. They're hawk people. They're lucky we're lucky they weren't like actual grubs and worms on there. Or or the or and we're lucky there weren't the, the females weren't spitting food into their kids' mouths. <laughs> oh gross. Mm. 
yes. <laughs> that would really remove a lot of the sexiness of the scene. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I would not be surprised if they had included that, though, in this movie. <laughs> There's two things I want to I call out here. So, first of all, I, just, I love uh, Brian Bliss' line of the, Indeed I do! When he's talking about how stale. <laughs> but in the, in the wide shot, as he stands up, he shoves the woman to his right out of the way to get to Dale. And he does it by, he brings his arm up and shoves her right in the face. <laughs> like he stiff armed her? Yeah, I mean, I'm ta- I mean, literally right in her face, he shoves her completely out of the way. The woman that's on his right. So basically, it's just like the, I think that's also called a pie face? I, I just, <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, and she almost, I mean, she stumbles backwards. I don't know if the actress was, it, it, it could be an ad lib move. I don't know if she even knew it was coming. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, the Hawkman, Planet, uh, HR, just, there just must be a huge file. <laughs> Thank God that Brian Blessed is so likable and so charming, and because it, with an actor with slightly less charis- charisma, you would hate Voltan. It, mm-hmm. He would be the worst. If you, if you just, instead, instead of casting Brian Blessed, you casted the guy who played the principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you would really, you would really <laughs> oh. be rooting. Wow. That just recontextualizes everything. (laughs) Or even if it was, say, Danny DeVito. Oh, my God. Right? Yeah, totally. It it tilts just much closer to the creepy side. Mm -hmm. Danny DeVito's amazing, by the way, but he's amazing at doing that. At least then there would be a certain harmlessness to it if it was DeVito. It would be... You know, because DeVito really did play when he was on Taxi. He was really playing that sort of character, like but but creepy, the lecherous guy. But nobody cared because it would just be him hitting on a woman, her putting her hand on his forehead so he couldn't reach her. That <laughs> sort of humor. You're right. It was still he still wouldn't be the most likable guy in the movie that you're like ah, oh. and everyone says like yeah, hey, you know. Yeah, because you want to have a beer with Brian Blessed. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily want to have a beer with Danny DeVito, especially if if you watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and yeah. the crap that they get into there. People that do this in real life, by the way, are bad. This is just movie world where we can get drawn in by their charisma and like them. <laughs> this is a bit of a hard, <laughs> hard turn, but since we're getting this great scene with the Hawkman all over the place. I I found something in researching the production that I thought is just a, kind of a funny image to end on. So apparently the costumes for the Hawkman were such that they couldn't sit down because of the wings. Mm-hmm. So in between takes, they had to lay on their stomachs stretched out like they were about to launch into the air and that was the only way that they could rest so in between sets there were just all of these hawkmen all just laying all around with their laying on their stomachs with their wings behind them picture it how, how many times do you think they had to correct brian but this is like brian don't lay on any of the ladies please <laughs> <laughs> he had a perch though i read oh really yeah, yeah, he had to sit on a perch for the same reason, um, you know, because of the the wings digging in because they were uncomfortable to sit down in. So he had a perch, so he didn't didn't uh, didn't hurt his back. Now I'm picturing Brian Blessed like in a giant bird cage on his Brian Blessed perch. 
It's a good image. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Quite frankly, it's the only way that we should see Brian Blessed any longer. <laughs> In some kind of a birdcage. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perhaps talking about that bad old putty tat. <laughs> a prediction that otter plays us out to birdhouse in your soul oh that's <laughs> it, a good call i uh i just uh i, I work near lancaster uh pennsylvania and there's a nifty concert hall called the chameleon club uh that just had jack bauer himself Kiefer sutherland perform there Ooh! and they <laughs> later uh, the month we're recording this in june uh, i believe it's next month in july they will they might be giants will be performing there yeah birdhouse and assault that's a good call out we've got some more howard blake music even though it's kind of a continuous tune i'm going to call it two separate uh music cues because they're two very different we start out uh howard blake number 26 we've got uh a version of the kiss which has been used before as well instrument uh this is the song that uh, aura will clash up to then we get a uh, this is going on as the hawkmen are flying in with zarkov and dale we have a few transition notes and then as we see the first shot of the hawkman city in the interior we get some regal trumpets uh which fits in with the overall tone of this scene so i'll call that 26 and 27 for howard good howard blake minute we love howard blake we are we are howard blake aficionados we uh, of course we adore queen but uh this uh, doing the show allowed us to really uh get into the minutiae of how great howard blake is and uh, by the time this episode has come out, we will have released our Howard Blake interview. So be sure to go. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. He was so damn cool. We recommend everyone, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, go back into uh, our iTunes or wherever, whatever podcatcher you're using. Find that because that is great stuff. All right. So, uh, so very cool. This is a great minute. Uh, and Molly, somewhat, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, please tell us, talk to us about your minute-by-minute adventure. Uh, well, we finished up um, a minute-by-minute Cabin in the Woods podcast called Cabin Minute Cast. Um, it's been like May. Um, so if you haven't checked it out, uh, you can go to cabinminutecast.com or iTunes, whatever podcatcher pleases you. Um, or if you're not interested in podcatching, you want to just go to the website, that's okay too because we're, we're sensitive to that. So yeah, it was uh, with Heidi Bennett, who actually could not be here with us today, but um, hopefully she is. Um, out there and getting a car repaired um, but she is my fabulous co-host of that and we'll probably have a couple of just like fun hiatus episodes that we're talking about doing too so um, you can tune in there and, and get more Molly and Heidi action. There was I just watched a preview for uh, the director of that um, Drew Gossard. Goddard uh, yeah. Goddard. He has a new movie coming out soon called Bad Times at the El Royale Yes, yes, looking forward to that. Which looks very good and very creepy. Uh, it looks like we're going to have Chris Hemsworth as a bad guy, which is um, which is new for him. Mm-hmm. Still shirtless because it's still, you know, Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Got to get the money out of those. Yeah, he's, he's becoming his generation's McConaughey. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he kind of is. Yeah, it's those abs, man. He's got to get every every sweet dollar out of those abs. So Yeah, very cool. Recommend everyone check it out. Uh, Cabin in the Woods, great movie. And one that uh, didn't get the love it should have gotten when it first came out because it was, um, I don't think it was the easiest 
two-sentence pitch in the world, and it also was was put out by a production company that was having some pretty serious financial issues. Mm-hmm, yep. It's a movie that's gotten a lot of love and uh, has built quite a following since its release, so a uh, very a great movie for you guys to do. Um, and hey, since you've been through it, you can, everyone, you can subscribe, download it, just spend a weekend with Cabin in the Woods. And uh, there's certainly, and Heidi's wonderful, so there's definitely worse ways to spend your time. Well, thank you. Jarf, uh, well... What else are you up to? Like our previous guest, Kathleen, I work for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, so I wanted to give them a shout-out. Kathleen is my work bestie, so Aww. I was so glad that she was able to be on the show, and I appreciated her week. And you can learn more about what we're doing to cure cystic fibrosis at cff.org. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Jeffrey Harden, and I spell Jeffrey with a G-E-O, like the giraffe from Toys R Us. (laughs) And most of my interactions on Twitter, though, are interacting with fans of the show. And so if you're listening to the show right now, I definitely encourage you to go on to Flash Gordon Pod and follow us there connect with some other fans uh, and we also have as i previously mentioned the flash gordon minute listeners vortex on facebook so i really love hearing from other people that enjoy flash gordon just learning about it now hearing different perspectives on the movie everybody really before we started doing even this podcast I had never heard of anyone who had Claytus as their favorite character. So it just, I feel like it enriches my experience of the Mm. film, hearing from other people. So yeah, follow us. Let us know your thoughts. If you have any feedback about the show, please tweet us at Flash Gordon Pop. Eric, where can people, um, where else can people find out more about Flash Gordon Minute? Eric, uh, Jarf sort of did this, I think, uh... <laughs> I stole your thunder. <laughs> Flash Gordon Minute at gmail.com. Uh, this has been a great week. We ask, uh, I mean, this is the beginning of a great week. Uh, we ask everyone to please, uh, Give us our uh, give us our ratings and reviews on iTunes. The more ratings and reviews, to get more visibility. And also uh, something that we've done several times on the Cosmic Geppetto podcast uh, that I feel is important to do since we have our second person involved with the uh, Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Um, we are willing to buy your ratings and reviews. So for every rating and review we get on iTunes this week, uh, we're going to donate a dollar to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Um, doesn't cost you anything, and you, you, you build up a little good karma. So uh, you know, this is the week to do it. Give us your ratings and reviews, and you're gonna, a donation will be made to a very worthy cause. So uh, let's do this. Woo, thank you so much, Flash Gordon Minute listeners. <laughs> so, uh, Eric, this has been another great minute. I'm uh, looking forward to this week, some uh, wacky, zany stuff. Um, but uh, I'm a little perplexed. Collection. See, uh, recently I was invited to go to a uh, spend a weekend in a remote cabinet uh, along with a virgin, a jock, a stoner, and this girl <laughs> sort of known for going all the way. Uh, and uh, you know what? Talking with Molly, I think uh, I think I might be in trouble. <laughs> well, you know, listen. If you find yourself up there and uh, Lord Fornicus is chasing after you, or a hillbilly zombie family is coming up after you, or there's all kinds of crazy chicks making out with animals hanging off the walls. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Flash will save every one of us. Attention listeners. You can follow us on Twitter at Flash Gordon Pod 
and join the conversation on Facebook in the Flash Gordon Minute Listener's Vortex. Stay tuned for our next thrilling episode of Flash Gordon Minute. Find a pine on it Say I'm the 